0: Hello and welcome to the Chris Will Podcast on iCode Media. Today I had a great conversation with Dr. Jeff Halofsky, who is a optometrist, but he's also retired from the military as a colonel and medical commander in the 512 Air Wing at Dover Air Force Base in Delaware. And he's also running for house, uh, state house in Delaware. It was a great conversation with uh, Jeff. I really enjoyed his perspective on trying to figure out ways to... Uh, articulate and understand people who don't necessarily agree with you, understand where they're coming from so we can kind of forge paths forward. So I really enjoyed our conversation. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, write a review, share it with your friends, and support those who support us. first time you and I had uh, let me I'll start it this way. I'll just say that the first time you and I talked, I was actually in the hospital. You might not know this, but I was in the hospital with my wife. Um, and we had just had our, um, it would have been Mason. So we just had Mason 2019. So she's our, she's our three and a half year old now. And I remember we had had it scheduled and I was just playing with the idea of doing Mm -hmm. the podcast. And, and you know, what I typically do is I, um, I kind of, I'm, if I'm good at anything, I'm good at consistency. I'm good at deciding I want to do something and then just following through with it. That's probably like my my best attribute is being, is like sticking to stuff. And so at the time I knew, like, if, if you would have asked me, like, am I going to be doing this in four years? I'd probably say, yeah, I'll be doing this in four years. But it's just weird because like the, the technology and the stuff that you do to change and what you learn. You know, I had no idea what I was doing when we talked last time. I was just recording whatever we, we'd have a conversation with. I'm still kind of doing that.
1: Well, that makes it fun.
0: Yeah, I think and so. It makes it fresh. I think so. So today I want to talk about the MyDay multifocal for just a second. It has been a really great thing in our practice for our patients who are presbyopes of all areas. But you know those tricky presbyopes are always the ones that are kind of emerging, where they don't want to give up any of their faraway vision, but they're having some struggles up close. And so what uh, the MyDay multifocal has been able to do for us is to allow those patients to transition into a multifocal more easily. And then as we have those patients progress into other levels where they they need more ad powers it's been a nice smooth transition so the ultimate hurdle that we've seen in our practice before the my day multifocal was that We'd have patients who would resist any transition to a multifocal lens because of that distance blur. We just haven't seen that. So if you haven't started using MyDay Multifocal in your practice, I would encourage you to start, check it out, uh, contact, reach out to your Cooper reps for those trial lenses uh, and commit to MyDay Multifocal for your patients. I think they're going to like it. If you haven't checked out Mackey Health yet for your patients in Category 1 through Category 4, I think there's a lot of evidence that you should be considering. The first is if we just look at A-REDS 2 and what they, they talk about, Mackey Health is, a, so for patients in Category 3 and Category 4 um, AMD, MacuHealth Health is a great option for them that follows that entire um, that entire protocol and it also adds Mesozeaxanthin to the mix, which if you look at some of the evidence, I believe shows me that it's going to thicken the macular pigment better than without mesozeaxanthin. It also uses the a correct AREDS2 dose of zinc uh, at 25 milligrams. And so you don't have to worry so much about the potential side effects of zinc. The other thing to to think about, and it's beyond the scope of this, although you've probably heard me talk on other podcasts, is that in patients in category one and two, there may be some additional benefit uh, to supplementing them with something that may be a little bit less than the AREDS two, so you don't have to add as much to it. And that's where I use the Mackey Health LMZ3. And so I think if you haven't done this yet, I'd consider Mackey Health in your practice and for your patients. And it's been great for my patients, and and we really feel like we can have the ability to uh, help those patients in all categories of macular degeneration. So the reason I wanted to have you on today was mainly because, you know, I am excited for you. I I want to hear about your campaign, you know, so for everybody that doesn't know, um, I'm going to give, you can go back and listen, I think it's probably episode three or four, maybe five that, that of the entire show. And, um, and so they can kind of hear Dr. Halofsky's background really, uh, Jeff, what you were doing at the time, and I, I assume that you're still doing it, is helping, you know, helping with leadership with high school students. But you have this really extensive background in the military as well as optometry. Um, and now your third career, maybe even fourth, is going to be <laughs> politics. So politics is kind of a nasty business. Tell me why you want to be involved.
1: You know, I was uh, I was asked to to do this because uh I am a a frequent commenter on uh things that happen in our area. And so I will send out a blast email to five or six representatives that I know and even some that I don't know and I say, you know, here's here's what uh my read on this is and 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 so then I research it a little bit and I I build a fact base for my opinion, and then I submit it. So the so the uh, the emails are usually long, and they're detailed. And so uh, I sent out one about job creation, and I got a call back from uh, you know a guy that I know. He's a state representative, and uh, we talked for a while, and then he said tomorrow. This is like in January. He said tomorrow, what's going to happen is you're going to be part of a new district. And um, you know, although I appreciate your emails and the depth at which you you know dive into things, I think it's time to put your money where your mouth is. And and I still wasn't getting. And I said, so what, what what do you mean? He said, well, you need to run for the office. I said, oh no, no, <laughs> no I'm not going to do it. So um, so he said, well, let's schedule another call. Think about it. Let's schedule another call. So two weeks later, he called again, and and we had a, a, a very interesting conversation and uh, still wasn't sold. And I said, you know, um, I'm gonna think about this, but maybe I need to meet some other people and talk to them. So my wife and I had breakfast with a couple of other, uh, rep- one senator and one representative. And uh, that was that was neat. Uh, but really when I decided to to do this is whenever I was on the floor playing with my grandkids and for some reason we were having a happy time, you know, and laughing and giggling and whatever and it hit me that 5 years from now 10 years from now and more when they're entering you know age of, of reason and adulthood they may have a a dumpster fire train wreck of a society and so um what is it that i could do so you know i don't want them to say grandpa you you were you were pretty vigorous at that age and you were pretty smart, and how come you didn't do anything to help us? And now we have to deal with these problems that are almost insurmountable, and uh, we don't have choices. And so uh, I think everybody deserves to have choices, and if you don't have them, then you don't know what you don't know. But when you have them, you have an opportunity to have freedom and liberty. And so um, I said, okay, that's the deal. That was the, that was the linchpin that got me into this, uh, this whole situation.
0: So the, the, um, the dumpster fire that you see the potential for a dumpster fire that you see run down because, because, you know, again, I believe that most of our politics is local. So as we can kind of get, we, we get, we get focused on what's happening nationally and that can be distracting to us, but then the real places we can affect change in a community, as you know, is by shrinking that sphere down and down and down and down. And so. Describe your community um, specifically. Describe the situation in your state uh, that, that you see as, as being the potential for dump, dumpster fire-esque that you need to be able to shift now from. Describe that to us.
1: Well, I think that, uh, you know, you're right. Tip O'Neill said all politics is local. And, and so here we are. However, there are, uh, you know, bad policies or or poorly thought out policies lead to bad outcomes. And there there are several things here. For example, um, our schools, Delaware used to be ranked number six by whatever ranking that was, by whomever did the ranking, but it was sixth. And so the same people did the same ranking now, and 20 years later, we're 37th.
0: Hmm. How is that possible? Delaware is in a <laughs> state, isn't it? I always think of it as being a very affluent state. Is that not the case? Well, you know, I th-
1: I think, yeah, there's, I mean, we have beach communities, which, you, you know, there's multimillion dollar homes along the ocean. There's multi-million dollar homes slightly inland. Uh, there's a very strong uh, Agrarian economy. We have, you know, we're a big uh, poultry producer. We produced 221 million chickens last year. Uh, we do quite a bit to, you know, feed the nation in that regard. Uh, in addition, we have um, uh, 230 farms and 42% of the uh, land in Delaware, the landmass in Delaware, is agriculture. But something happened along the way to the school system. And and so, for example, I I, uh, present my leadership program as a a complete volunteer in three high schools. The math competency in those high schools is the the highest is 29 percent. And you just have to shake your head and say, well, what what is going on here? The English language arts competency is 55 percent. And that's a head scratcher. You say, how is, how is that possible? What did we do? Well, I think that we moved away from the three R's. You know, it, when you concentrate on other stuff, you take away the benefit of solid math, solid reading, solid English, solid social studies, history, physics, uh, and civics that, that is not, not being routinely taught. And and I, and I think that we've we've messed with the social media stuff, um, and and there are influencers, um, both you know internal and external that you know, with with screen time being so high with the, the children, and the um, you know problem with the uh, nuclear family and and the uh, you know some may say intentional destruction of the nuclear family by from for a lot of reasons, you have one parent households and there's like 17 million one-parent households in this country. And so if you have 17 million one-parent households, that means the mom, the dad, uh, or whomever is guarding uh, or the guardian is providing for that that child and uh, providing for themselves and maybe other children. And so they're going paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. And so how is it that you can get ahead? Well, you, you know, you get ahead by stopping the nonsense and, and you say that there, there are reasons for actions. And if you uh, can, can mitigate those reasons and, you, you know, and it starts, in my opinion, with the schools, we are educating the next generation of leaders. Think about that. And so right now they have no say. They have no vote. They have no opinion. They show up and what they expect is the leadership in the schools to do the right thing and then the next right thing, and then the next right thing. And that's my definition for leadership. And when you have people concentrating on things other than, okay, we're going to take 15 minutes out of your math class, and we're going to talk about some social issues. And and, and that is uh, pervasive, especially in the northern part of the state. And, if, for example, the, the the school administrator of the year has the worst school district in the state let's award that. That's like getting a, getting a trophy for showing up. What, you know, what's I, the, what's
0: the re- rationale for, for that uh, award then in your, in, in what has been broadcast of why they win that award?
1: You know um, I think that, that, that is a homespun award. So that's within the education system. And so educators look at that, they decide it and then they vote. And I guess it's uh, you know, it, obviously not based on, on performance. So it has to be based on something. And when you have, you know, maybe a lot of nothing and you reward that nothing that perpetuates the nothing, right? If your lid is mediocre, then on your best day, you're going to be mediocre. There's no, there's no, there's, the culture for excellence is, is gone. Another example. Well, I, um, I mean, I, to, to,
0: to play into that point, I mean, I was listening to, uh, um, I don't know if you listen to Vinay Prasad. He's, He's kind of, oh, he's no question, he's a lefty, no question. But he's uh, he's a very, he's an oncologist and and he's great. It's definitely worth your time. He's a lefty, but he's very sane, right? From a standpoint of he wants to know about evidence based medicine, he wants to know how this applies to clinical practice, et cetera, et cetera. He's been, you know, um, so my point is is that what he was talking about recently um, was that something like 26 medical schools. Have completely waived the requirement of an MCAT uh, to enter into medical school for certain populations that are, uh, and and I I think about that and I'm like, well if it's if it's important it's important if it's not important it's not important right if it's not important to creating good doctors who can pass you know their boards and and get into residencies and perform well in residencies and take really take, just take care of patients then it's not important but but to to waive it because I mean it just seems like I had, um, I had, um, uh, Adam Ramsey on, um, uh, in 2019, I think. And, uh, I had him on a couple times and, um, he, he didn't, I mean, uh, I understand the goal. I understand the, the goal of increased diversity. Um, and I agree with that goal. I think it's, it's wonderful to have representation from, a, you know, the, the groups who are part of the population. Absolutely and i and I think if i rem- if I'm remembering our correct, our conversation correctly, he wasn't an advocate for for reducing um you know for reducing you know um kind of standards of letting people in uh but but to kind of to your point, I think what this brings up is is the, i think the overarching concern I have is are we are we awarding things that aren't worth worthy of awards? Are we focusing on issues that we can't either control and really aren't that big of an issue uh, for the for the sake of uh, or in spite of the um, betterment of just kind of what you're talking about is the normal like, okay? you show up on time, you get up, you work hard. You turn your tests in on time, or you turn your papers in on time. You study for a test, and that test is going to be graded. And if we don't do well on that test, then we're going to have to have some internal reflection, and there's going to be some pain. And I, I've seen this. I mean, I've seen this in, in, um, in men that I know very closely, that uh, when you remove enough reward, legitimate reward from their lives, then, and they never have to have legitimate wins, you steal their ability to be men. I don't know so much about women, right? I think it probably is the same thing for them as well. But um, but like the men I see where they struggle to be men um, or have in the past, it's because they, they have been stripped of their ability to win. And their wins are not real wins. Their wins are, you know, they, they didn't really have to work for that. And they know it. They know they didn't. Um, and, and then it robs them. It robs them of the ability to be the man, right. To be the man. And so anyway, that's a huge, I mean, we're kind of off topic, but I, I, I think we're, we're really not because I think what you're talking about is the ability to, to succeed. And there is this classic structure that, that does need to exist. Uh, it doesn't mean we can't talk about those things and get excited about them and, you know, wanting to have a better society for more people. I, I, you know, I would generally um, be classified by most people as a a relatively, if not quite conservative person. But I do want I I want more people to rise up. I believe that more people can rise up. But I don't think that what we're doing, to your point, what we're doing um, is allowing people to rise up. Uh, and and through the through the fire is what is how things are forged, and we're not allowing enough fires uh, in in controllable ways. We're allowing this just complete disorganization, and saying, well, that's the fire. So we're gonna and you can't get out of that, but we're gonna pull you out of it, and then you just don't have a win.
1: Well, I think you know part of this goes to problem solving, and um, and those type of skills, and. You know, if you if you have a predetermined outcome and you have uh, distractors along the way, then you're going to be able to reach that predetermined outcome because the distractors are purposely in the way.
0: Hmm.
1: And and so I think we need to.
0: I'm not that fast. Okay, back up a little bit. Let me wrap my head around what you just said one more time. So say that again.
1: So if we if we have enough distractors. Uh, it, you have a, a predetermined. You, you, you have a goal okay and the goal is set, set for this and and if you have enough distractors along the way, then you can control the outcome because of the distractors. But if the pathway is clear, if the highway is straight and long and wide, then you have an opportunity to achieve your goal in a much faster way. So I'm not saying that, that anybody, has has is not working hard
0: agreed, agreed. what i'm saying is that
1: the, the focus is has been shifted away from achievement mm. uh and ex, a culture mm. of excellence to something less and, and and this goes not only in the schools but delaware used to be a big manufacturer big manufacturer and we we had um i'll, I'll tell you about that the email that i sent out in january i was reading the wall street journal on page two of the wall street journal they said tennessee billion worth of revenue per year, per year because of their auto manufacturing. Well, Delaware used to manufacture Chryslers and they used to manufacture Corvettes and some pickup trucks. And now they manufacture zero. Why is that? Well, it's the choices, and this is going back to the why, the choices that the politicians have made to support certain groups that say, in order for us to work, we need this, 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 and this. And that's it. That's the game, that's the game changer. And the second policy that, that pushes that is uh, energy. So Tennessee has reasonably inexpensive energy, and they have a workforce that says, you know what? If I could make $36 instead of $40, that's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to be happy with $36 because that's still close to $100,000 a year with the benefits, and, and that pushes me over that. And we're in Delaware, they'll say, nope, sorry for your luck, we're not going to do it, not going to consider it, see you later, bye. Mm-hmm. And that is because of uh, you know local changes. And so our economy has suffered. Now, we have a very vibrant, uh, very bold service economy because of all the beach activities that we have here, uh, especially in the county that I live in. But those jobs generally are not going to pay as much as a manufacturing position. And these are purposeful decisions. Uh, another thing, we, we are about to become a, our state is going to become a zero net energy producer.
0: Mm.
1: Zero, zero. No power generation. We're gonna buy it from everybody else. We're gonna buy it from Pennsylvania. We're gonna buy it from Maryland. We're gonna buy it from New York, New Jersey, wherever. And the problem with that is, is that when you have no control, then you have no control. And so, Um, you know, and these are, this this is not coming from me. This is just not making it up. These are policy decisions that I've been following and they're just head scratchers. So you say, Holy smokes, you know, what, what is the goal here? But at the same time, you know, our governor has has signed like the 30th month in a row of of an emergency situation here in Delaware due to COVID.
0: Oh, you're still in emergency. You're still in a COVID emergency.
1: We're still in a COVID emergency. Yeah, I mean, I mean, have they put
0: put boundaries on why, uh, on when, that emergency is no longer an emergency? Well, you know, that's
1: the governor's prerogative, and and one part of the state legislator is saying, "Come on, come on, stop." And um, but
0: you're a blue state. You're a blue state, and from what I'm gathering, you're you're kind of uh, you probably have an R behind your name. So tell me about um, what is the caucus going to look like if if you if you're successful. What kind of impact do you have within the House? So right now, the House, how is it split up? And uh, what's the anticipation if there is sort of a red wave based on kind of the, the national sense that, that everybody's getting right now? Tell me about that.
1: Well, the uh, the Senate in Delaware is uh supermajority. <laughs> and the House needs to pick up six seats. So they don't have a supermajority in the House uh, but there is a majority. And so we need six seats to to, um, you know, change, change the direction. So
0: Wait, Republicans majority. have a supermajority no. in the Senate now. No, no. The Democrats, Democrats. do. Yes. And Indeed. the Democrats ha- need six more seats to have. The a super- Republicans
1: need six seats mm-hmm. in the House in order to prevent, uh,
0: prevent yeah, a supermajority
1: to, to, to stop the landslide. Um, and, and really. You know, um, there have been politicians just recently. The this, this session ended on June 30, and they passed some very controversial and perhaps unconstitutional, many think unconstitutional bills. And their reaction was, "We don't care. We we know that this is unconstitutional. Sue us."
0: And what's the pulse of the of, of of um, Delawareans? Is that right? Well,
1: well, uh, you know, I'm in a primary, and so right now I've been campaigning to uh, a very um, uh, receptive audience. And so as I go door knocking and uh, and I talk about issues, um, there is a lot of just outright disappointment um, and some things even stronger than that. They're just so, you know, they just say, come on, you know, we don't want to live in this environment where... Um, you know, everything is, is counter to uh, what we believe in. And, and you know, I, I like balance. I think that balance is good. And so there are some things that, uh, you know, the progressive side of, uh, of nature, uh, you know, pushes society in one way. And then the, the people who are not progressive in that way, they say, well, wait a minute, can I challenge you on that? And so then where does that mean? It may be a little over here. But it's not over here, so we get closer to you know where mainstream people say you know I like this, and the same with the other side. Here we are way over here and say, man, well, this is a we have to have this, and then somebody from this side says, well, wait a minute, let's let's talk about this. And unless you have that type of situation where there is willingness to talk, like for example, they have a hearing, and for people who um, oppose some of the policies of the majority. They get one minute to speak. One minute. So 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 you look at that and say, well, why even have a hearing? And and in fact, it took almost, you know, like an act of Congress for the legislature to actually start to have hearings again, because there was, you know, some fear of it was virtual. Everything was virtual. And so, you know, when you're not there, when you're not participating, in the, oh, it's the representative so,
0: form of government. So much easier yeah. to shut somebody off. I mean, I, Absolutely. Th- I think um, in, in some ways I've been able to have these conversations more frequently with pe- people um, virtually, but uh, I really like to, people who are willing, who are who completely disagree with me, completely disagree with me. One of my my most favorite things to do is, is to talk to them. Not to, I think yeah. there's this misconception of um, like, uh, I ask a lot of questions when I talk to people that I disagree with. And and it's not because I necessarily want to change their mind. Although my sense is if I ask enough questions, um, then maybe they'll be thinking more like me uh, if I ask the right questions. But really, I want to understand where they're coming from. And in a lot of cases, um, I wouldn't say my position is so much softened, but I gain so much more perspective and and it it is – it's just valuable to me. Like I, I'm I, I know I could be wrong on a lot of the things I think. I probably am. But um but like it it is there there is a truth and then there's somebody your perspective and there's my perspective. And if we can't communicate about those perspectives because I draw a line in the sand and you draw a line in the sand, then we get nowhere. Just what you're talking about. But if if we right. can say, look, there we know that there is a truth, a, a real truth. The real truth of something, and you come at it from one angle, and I come at it from another, and we're both, you know, we're both trying to get to what is the actual facts in this case. Then, then that's everybody wins, right? Everybody wins because right. then we can walk away and say, look, yeah, okay, I was, I might have been, I might have been not thinking about this in all the ways that somebody else might think about it, and uh, and that's what you're describing, and and we don't have much of that anymore. We don't.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, I think that there's there there are a lot of reasons for that, and and I think that what we uh, you know must decide is on on an individual basis. Uh, you know, all politics is local, and and all decisions you know can be individual. And so when when groups to get together and they decide that this is the way it has to be, and this is the way it's going to be, and the train leaves the station. And there, in the majority, well, then the train has left the station. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that that there needs to be, you know, a a more balanced approach. And I think that, um, you know, uh, people have ideas and and they deserve to be heard. And those ideas need to be, uh, you know, then detailed. So I have an idea. Let's do this. Well, how are you going to support that? Okay, here's boom, 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 boom. Have you thought about this to your point? Have you thought about this? Huh? You know what? No. So let's, let's now, now add this layer to it or subtract a layer because, you know what, that may be uh, objectionable to some people. So I think that, that reason uh, is is good and, and we need to, you know, consider, uh, you know, fact based. And, and what we've what we found, um, just my research shows is that uh, unfortunately, a lot of people um, remain edu- uneducated as a choice. And, uh, yeah. you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're very, very um, steadfast in their partisan belief one way or the other. And they remain uneducated. And, and it's almost like, please don't confuse me with the facts because I have an opinion. And my opinion is what guides my life, okay. not the facts. And so empirical data then means less and less and less. And, and yet we're asked to lead and to make decisions based on the good for all people, not just Democrats, not just Republicans, but the but the good for all. And if it's based on your feeling versus fact based reality, then I think that this is where we get into trouble. And so, I, I you know, it's almost like everywhere you turn, you know, uh, I mean, you know, going back to the farmers, we have so much agricultural land. And, and yet the, we know this is how it's going to affect the local level. Is that fertilizer fertilizer price has gone up thirty percent. Diesel fuel has gone up, you know, two bucks or two fifty a gallon, depending upon where you live. And so when you when you still say, um, boy, uh, you know, let, let's talk about farm prices. Um, well, let's talk, let's go to the grocery store and figure it out. And and I think that all those things have those those poor policy decisions. Uh, you know, start at the at the top. And uh, when they filter their way down, who gets hurt and and who's affected the most are the people who may need, you know, the resources the most.
0: You know, Jeff, I, I, um, I want yeah. to ask you. Uh, so you brought up a, a couple issues we've you and I have explored the um, the school issue pretty much in depth. I think there's probably a lot of other ideas that you have. But I want to hear so that people that might be listening that may want to uh, support you, um, I, I want you, I want them to hear, okay, okay, you've identified a problem. You're going to be zero um, net uh, energy in Delaware. Problem. That's what you're identifying. Solution. Jeff Halofsky. What do you do to fix that? What's the, what's the main thrust that has to be done to fix that? How do you, con- how do you convey that message?
1: Well, we look for the reasons why at first, and, and on a first blush, on the first, first swap, uh, swash through this, it appears that the, uh, the energy conservation decisions have been made, um, you know, irrespective of the facts. And, and, for example, there was a manufacturing steel manufacturing plant in Delaware that left a number of years ago. Why did they leave? Carbon transfer. And so, so now, now that, they operate that for, out of Saskatchewan.
0: Yeah. Who wouldn't understand carbon transfer?
1: So, so there's you, you can you know kind of say that you don't pollute if you um, uh, if if you produce so much carbon and the carbon is 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 uh, too too much for the atmosphere as defined by whoever makes those those um, metrics. And they say, okay, this is this is too much for the atmosphere, and so you have to do something to Offset it. stop that. And and so uh they they modified their plant and it wasn't good enough. And so said, well, you know what? Um we're gonna leave because now the the, the cost of doing business here is too expensive. So they moved their their factory to Saskatchewan, Canada. The carbon produced that the Saskatchewan Canada plant is the same and yet who lost the jobs. So, so the, the net for Delaware is yes, we cleaned up the atmosphere. We did. However, you know, if you just go to Saskatchewan, Canada, they're, they're, they're the same emissions. And, and, and so, you know, this, these type of policies make no sense. It's like lipstick on a pig. You know, if you, if you decide, that you want to make a decision and, and make it better, then make it better, make it make make, make it better for everyone. Kay. Instead, you okay. shift. So I'm gonna push you, Jeff. Okay.
0: So decision was, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play the other side. Decision is we need to we need to reduce our carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. Um so this company goes to try to comply. Well, they can't comply and and we're happy because now we were able to reduce carbon emissions. Um, how do we, how do you come to the table to say, convince me that I can reduce carbon emissions and still not make it so onerous on this company so that they are going to leave? What's the, what is the middle ground here?
1: Well, I think we have to go back to the facts and, and, and let's say that this company is going to stay in business somewhere and it's going to go somewhere. And so then the realization is, okay, what is their net effect going to be? And how is it that we can work with this company to save the jobs? Let's say they had, and I don't know how many jobs they had, but let's say they had 100 people working there, maybe more, maybe less. And so those 100, 100 jobs um, it creates this effect on the economy. And this effect is necessary in order to keep the neighborhoods viable, the schools viable, the, the, the churches, the small businesses, the, the, everything you know, going. And when you take those 100 people out, and you take the maintenance workers, the people who who then, you know, support the building structure of the plant. And then you take the mom and pop restaurants who provide lunch for the people who are at that. And you, you just eliminate all that. Then you've deadened the economy. And so now the effect is here and the carbon may be here. So if if we look at that, is there a way then to look at all those facts and, and look at it from the 30,000 foot view and then as you get closer and closer to the ground you have now a 10,000 foot view now you have a 3,000 foot view and now you're down on the ground and you say okay I think that maybe we can work this out here so that everybody wins and, and so we keep the plant and we look at the science and if the science is one-sided science and we've had history of that and so if the science is one-sided is there new technology? Think about this. In 2007, there was the first iPhone, right. and where are we now? Just a few years later, you know. And we're we're looking at quantum computing. We're we're looking at um, you know augmented reality and artificial intelligence. And so, how is it that we can put that kind of thing to those those pieces to work and strategize a way to figure out what? How, how can we keep this here and keep everything? You know, and and my my guess is, is that, um, you know, that wasn't done because the heels were dug in the sand and say, we're going to keep this carbon level. And, you know, no matter, you know, Saskatchewan is west of Delaware. So the air is going to come west to east. Right. So there you go. Uh, And it's the same air. Um, So I I don't I don't understand that. I I think that, um, you know, I'll, I'll admit that I have to learn more about this. But that doesn't change my opinion on how the problem is solved. And that is, you have have a situation, we need all the available facts as, as, as much as we can get them. And then we need decision makers who are willing to say, you know what, let's do what's right for a while. Instead of what is expedient for the political process, let's do the right thing. And then the next right thing and the next right thing. And then when you get to that point, you have 100 jobs still in Delaware. And the next generation of workers are going to work in that plant. There's going to be 100 jobs. And maybe, gee whiz, they can expand that plant because they are, they're adding value to you know their customers. And maybe now it's 125 jobs. Well, we've lost that opportunity. We've lost it with the Corvette plant. We lost it with the pickup truck plant. We lost it with the Chrysler plant. They're gone. Mm. They're gone. And yet other states say, you know, um, I think there's a way that we can figure this out. Because there is manufacturing there, and we're we're losing it in droves, so that that's 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 a big issue.
0: So Jeff, I, I want to give you an opportunity. Yeah. I think I think that you've outlined that well. I, I've already, as you're talking, uh, I'm not going to provide solutions for what Delaware should do. De- Delawareans should do, but you know, I, I think there's a lot of room for give and take, and I, I would agree that the the idea of having people from both sides represented enough, where they have s- some. Skin of the game makes a lot of sense. I've always thought so. I mean um, and so uh, so tell, so tell our audience um, how they can support you, how they can learn more about you and, um, and where they can find you.
1: Well, I have a website it's uh, www.vote the number four jeffnet and you can reach me on Facebook at uh, vote. 04 jeff and my uh, email address is vote 04 jeff at gmail.com
0: dr jeff Halofsky, thanks so much for coming on this is a lot of fun we're gonna have to do it again and i guess i'll see you soon in the next couple months
1: i absolutely and and thank you so much for what you do chris it's important keep doing it and uh you know you're you're making an impact
0: thanks so much that was awesome thanks jeff